Welcome to Rising Tide Startups, where today's most exciting solopreneurs share their startup stories. They also deliver tangible strategies that they would implement personally if starting their business over today. Each episode is a startup masterclass. Make sure you take notes. Take it away, Kevin. This is Kevin Pruitt with Rising Tide Startups, and my guest today is Scott Beebe. Scott, thanks for joining us on Rising Tide. Absolutely, Kevin. Excited to be here with you. Thanks for having me. So, Scott, tell our listeners a little bit about yourself. Oh, my gosh. I'll try to give you the, uh, the digest version here. Um, I'm a mutt. I grew up all over the United States. Uh, my dad was a Navy guy for a few years. And then, um, so I was born in, in the D.C. area, uh, just north of where, where you're at right now. Yeah. And uh, lived there for about a year, moved to Charlotte for a little bit, moved to Houston for kind of my elementary years, moved to Portland, Oregon. Um, from my middle and early high school years and then finished high school in Greenville, South Carolina and uh, ended, go, ended up going to the University of South Carolina. So I'm a Gamecock. Uh, we may not win much, but we have a lot of fun kind of along the way. And uh, had the opportunity. That says that. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I had the opportunity to uh, really have an incredible uh, university experience, both from a, a school background, a faith background, an athletic background. I got to do some really unique things be involved with some real powerful influences uh, in my life who we're still connected with today. And uh, after that, I did the most logical thing that a, a secular university grad would do. Uh, I went to seminary and so went to theology school Common for three path. years. <laughs> I had right. no idea why, you know, why, why I'd made that path. But anyway, we went down that road and uh, graduated there three years later and did the most logical thing a seminary grad does and went and sold drugs uh, with Pfizer. So I was a legal drug salesman uh, for a couple of years, really wrestled Kevin with this whole faith work. How do these two things merge? And about that time, a buddy of mine uh, at, a, at a pretty sizable church in the Dallas-Fort Worth area had asked if I'd come and uh, oversee one of their one of their ministries, and so we did that. Left Pfizer did that for a couple of years. Then their strategy was to plant churches throughout the Metroplex. So when did that for you know two or three years? I'm like, oh my gosh, there's 20 percent of this I really really like, and there's about 80 percent of it I'm not very good at at all. And uh, so we ended up moving out to South Carolina because there was a, um, a a guy moving down to plant a church in our area down here. And, but I didn't want to be on staff. I, I wanted to go back into business. I'd miss business. And uh, so in 07, went back to work for Pfizer. They were gracious enough to allow me to, to come back into a different territory and uh, was working there. We were in, in, engaged because of our church plant in Nigeria. So going back and forth to Nigeria, Pfizer, Nigeria. So I take all my vacation and we'd go uh, over there a couple of times a year. And we're doing that. And then about 2013 was asked by the organization that we volunteered with if I would come on staff and, and essentially be their international director. It's like an executive director responsible to the board, yep. all of that. And so 13, 14, and, and uh, early part of 15, that was my role and was loving it, was finding things out, was uncovering stuff. And, and then wouldn't you know it, as in so many faith organization backgrounds, there was this meltdown among the board, this kind of coup d'etat and eight of the nine board members ended up resigning on February 27, 2015. And uh, my role was directly responsible to the board. And the way things were going down, the board had to dissolve that role that I sat right. in. And so that was at noon on February 27, 2015. I left that building and was totally unemployed. I was 39. Uh, Ash and I had been married by that time, 17 years, somewhere around there, mm -hmm. 16 years. 
and uh, three kids and, you know, kind of coming into high school and middle school and tailing off in elementary school. And so here we are in the middle of all this and I got nothing. And uh, man, it was a lonely flight back from the Dallas Fort Worth airport to the Savannah airport. And I just remember the drive home. It was middle of the night by myself. I distinctly remember driving over the Savannah River Bridge and just having this kind of sense of just loneliness. And uh, that was on a Friday. The next Monday, I called two buddies of mine who own businesses here locally. And I told them that I wanted to coach them. I wanted to be a business coach and coach them. And they're like, man, that sounds amazing. I, what do you do? <laughs> like, I don't know. But you're friends of mine, and we're going to figure this out together. And they were so generous. And those two guys are still clients of ours today, um, going on our sixth year uh, here at Business on Purpose. So that's a little kind of history. Hopefully, it's brief enough, but a history about who we are. So, so unpack the, the idea. I mean, as you're driving across the river, you wake up the next morning, you think, I got to do something. I mean, you're, you probably, it probably went through your mind. Do I go back to Pfizer or, you know, do I go back for the trifecta to go back to Pfizer and try to be, get that role again? Or um, what was kind of the impetus for kind of putting these pieces together? I mean, it's easier to look backwards. So what, yeah. you know, wake up, I want to be a, a business coach, but uh, it has a faith element to it. And, you know, kind of, kind of walk through the, the thought process and the whiteboard sessions that you were kind of going through even mentally. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so fortunately I had a little bit of a runway, the organization, the, the board before they dissolved had worked up a couple of months runway for us, which was amazing. Um, I distinctly remember talking to Ashley and saying, I feel like I'm going to need a coach of some kind to, to kind of help me navigate. And uh, because I did not feel like I wanted to go back into the corporate setting and to go back into, um, not that I, I, I was, you know, a misfit and didn't want to have a boss and all that kind of stuff. I think I can work really, really well uh, with, you know, competent vision led kind of leaders. I think I can do really well in that situation. But I also felt just this sense of, I've got some real skills that I bring, that I believe I can bring to the table and offer sure. business owners particularly that it's kind of low hanging fruit for me, but it's really high hanging fruit for them. It's hard for them to get to, mm -hmm. but it's, it's uh, the, the, the way I heard somebody put it later on, again, looking back in retrospect was what's ordinary for you is extraordinary for other people. Um, and, and so yeah. what felt very ordinary to me for these business owners felt very extraordinary. And it was a situation where I could come in and be of some real value to them. And so um, basically we just started kind of, coaching. We were, I don't want to say we we're making up it as we go, but we were literally designing it as we were going uh, through that whole thing. And I did go through, well, should I, should I go back into a faith-based organization? Should mm -hmm. I go back into a for-profit organization? And I just felt this sense like, I, let's, let's give this a go. We've got runway. There are people I can reach out to. Ended up hiring Aaron Walker, uh, viewed from the top as my one-on-one -on -one coach. A couple months into that, ended up joining Iron Sharpens Iron Masterminds. Yep. have been a part of that now going on six years. And, and that has been an ecosystem for me that has really allowed me to kind of version into what not only I, I've become, but also what Business on Purpose has become and really what these other business owners have become as well. So let's say you and I are going to jump on an elevator. We're going we're gonna to go up about 10 floors. I'm, I'm a business owner. Give me your, give me your sales, but give me your elevator pitch. Oh man, we got it. Yes. We work with business owners and key leaders to build systems, processes, and purpose 
using the business on purpose roadmap so that we can help liberate you from the chaos of working in your business. Now, what are the, what are the key metrics or key measurements that, that you're looking at or, or when you, or, are there like four pillars that you say, okay, here's the four things. Here's the kind of the four, you know, um, what do I say? The, the the four bottom lines that you're looking at. I mean, is it a is it a profitable bottom line? Is it a what impact are you having? You know, how you're treating your family? I mean, what are the the key measurements that you're looking at? Yeah, well, there's I, there are four. You you mentioned four. There are actually four um, elements that we do. And going back to sort of our elevator uh, pitch and what we do: systems, processes, purpose. Um, is one of the huge things that we do. And then the other is profit. Um, we have got some very strong metrics into what we look at with that. Now, here's what's unique, Kevin, about what we do. Um, and, and this is not a, we're better than because we do this. This mm-hmm. is just simply, we're just different than right. these sorts of other things because this is what we do. So we're not strategy coaches. Um, and, and we don't have our finger on the pulse of like the latest marketing hacks and the latest, sure. you know, uh, how to motivate your team hacks and stuff like that. Strategy coaches are amazing and they're worth every penny you, you pay a good one. Um, and they're necessary. You need somebody to help you decipher uh, modern strategy because strategy is always changing. And so those are very relevant. We're not life coaches, uh, although we talk plenty in our coaching time about life. Uh, we're, we're not faith-based coaches, although we talk plenty, uh, about a person's kind of personal spiritual growth and and professional growth and all those things. We are principle-based coaches. And what I mean by that is if you're running an ice cream shop, if you're running a Frisbee factory, if you're running uh, a home building company, a spray foam contracting company, it doesn't matter what you're running from a business standpoint. That business runs on historic principles. So we're principle-based coaches where what we've done is we've done the legwork and the research to go back thousands of years to see how healthy businesses are run, suck out all of the marrow of the principle of how those things are run. We've been able to put them into what we call the business on purpose roadmap. And then we diagnose a business where they're at and then we prognose and write prescription for that business based on the business on purpose roadmap. So we're very prescriptive in what we do. And that way a business owner can walk a very predictable path to go from where they're at today, which is usually buttressed in chaos, constantly Mm -hmm. putting out fires. And then we walk them through our process. So they come out on the other end. Yeah, they've got profit. Uh, We've got a, actually that's probably one of the easiest things to do is to generate cash profit, not just a bottom line on the net income Mm -hmm. statement, but to generate cash profit, that's pretty easy. As long as they have more money coming in that's going out and they're right. willing to do everything we ask them to do. But then those other things, systems and having those metrics laid out, processes, having those metrics laid out. And then the other thing is the purpose. I mentioned vision, mission, values. That is priority. That's foundational uh, that we've got to get that built in because if they don't know where they're going, they don't know why they're going there and they don't know what the curbs on the side of the road are to get there, Man, you talk about the, the chaos will never leave them at that yeah. point. Yeah, yeah. So is 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 this a? It's an ongoing process. I mean, are you working with these these business owners over a long period of time, or is it a fairly short process? Kind of walk us through the kind of the timeline. Yeah. So we've got two major phases. One is what we call the installation phase, and the other is the implementation phase. And the installation phase really depends on the business. The fastest that we've ever had anybody go through it is four months. 
Um, but it's really not intended to be a sprint. There's really no right. value in sprinting through it. Um, typically, it's going to take uh, six to 12, and in some cases, 18 months, depending on the complexity of the, uh, of the industry that they're in. And, and so that's usually the installation phase where we can build everything in. Vision story, mission statement, core values, delegation roadmap, profit accounts, uh, level two dashboards, org charts, 12-week plans, the whole thing. So there's about 20 to 25 things that we've got to install. And then sub points to each one of those. But that's, let's call it a six to 18 month window for installation. And then from there, our average client, we've had the privilege of being able to work with them for at least two to three years. And in many cases, the duration of how long we've been around. So there's probably uh, roughly eight or nine that we're still working with that we were working with five years ago. Tell me the kind of draw a distinction maybe for our, our listeners between say the service you're providing. And I, I'm not, I know they're not, they're not the same, but is there any overlap between that and say workplace chaplaincy or um, you know, of those roles? I mean, or are you primarily just helping them with their, with the kind of the virtue and values and the principles and, and the culture of the, of the company and the process of the company? Yeah, to my understanding, I don't fully uh, understand all the ins and outs of the kind of the, the corporate chaplaincy world, but to my understanding, uh, the, the, the chaplaincy mindset is really going to be hyper and laser focused and rightfully so on kind of the spiritual personal development and, and health in the professional development side of things. Yeah. And so what it's doing is it's giving, um, I'll call it both principle and strategy, for how to manage yourself and manage other people through that. And so that, that, that's bringing, uh, let's call that cardiovascular health. So what they're doing is they're bringing cardiovascular health to the body. What we're doing is bringing uh, cerebral and uh, skeletal health to mm. the body. So the substructure of the bones that the body relies on or else it would just collapse. Right. Um, that's really where we're at. And, and the nice thing about the skeletal system is we know exactly the bones that, that need to exist. And so we'll come in and go, hey, you're missing a fibia. <laughs> like you don't have one at all. So we need to come in and put one in. Or your tibia is broken or your forearm's broken. Like we need, to, we need to repair and fix that. So that's where we would live in the metaphor is very structural, very prescriptive, and understanding, hey, it takes 200 and some odd bones to create a healthy skeletal system. And so we're going to walk you through exactly what those are for your business. Oh yeah, I was actually just waiting on you to kind of go, you know, go into your football mindset again and say you were the like the strength and conditioning coach or something that you brought in. So, yeah, those guys team. didn't like me much. I couldn't, I couldn't lift enough for those strength guys. <laughs> yeah, when the man, I always made fun of them anyway because their chests were always bigger than their legs. <laughs> That's right. They just look odd. That's exactly. Yeah. Right. Tell us about your team. What's oh my gosh, we love our team organization. Yeah, we're not huge. Uh, we've got uh, just just uh, f four of us now. And so it's myself. Um, and then we've got Ashley, who runs all of our administrative back end. And then we've got Jesse, and she is actually, I said four, it's five. We've got Jesse. She is, um, she's kind of our uh, grandmaster in terms of she kind of holds all things together. She's very much a quarterback mm -hmm. uh, for our team. And so anybody that's in our business on purpose membership roadmap, um, Jesse is their person. And so she is definitely uh, the key linchpin in that, but she also handles a lot of our back end. We just, you know, sent out an email to our email list yesterday 
she wrote all the ad copy or the email copy in there. And uh, she quarterbacks anytime we need graphic design or anything. Right. She takes care of getting all of that. She doesn't do all of it, but she coordinates all of that. And so we work with a fair number of outsourced contractors as well. And then we've got uh, two coaches. We've got Greg Gray, who's been with us uh, for the last few years. And man, that guy is killer. He handles a lot of our, uh, our larger uh, businesses in, in terms of larger in, in revenue and mm -hmm. staffing. And so anybody that we've got, he's got, uh, we've got a, client, a couple of clients with him that are in the 40 and the 30 and the $20 million range. Um, and so he handles a lot of those because he's got a background in uh, large organizational coaching and consulting. He's also a, a black belt lean six Sigma. So just smarter than I am. Um, and then uh, Thomas Joyner, we just brought Thomas on here in the last couple of months. So excited about Thomas being with us. Uh, this guy has spent a career as an area director for Young Life, for the Young Life okay. organization. Yeah. And the skill sets are a natural fit into what we do. Sure. And naturally, we're a systems and process business. So we've systematized and processed everything. So he has been uh, in process of about a three-month training uh, of just digging and digging and digging. And we're getting him into other coaching meetings and all of that. Uh, he's not only going to help us spread our word, but uh, he'll also begin to really serve some clients as well. So is there a, who would be an ideal client for you? Like revenue size, like uh, maybe even age of founder. What are some of the, the key characteristics that you're looking for that would be a, this is kind of the prototypical client we would work with? Yeah. Yeah. Our prototype is TJ Anderson. TJ owns a, uh, a spray foam contracting business here locally. Uh, TJ's married, two kids, you know, he's got a family. Um, he was in his thirties, actually he's still there. He's about to be 40, but you know, thirties, forties, somewhere in that range, growing range, growing family. And uh, TJ was riding down our highway one day, 170, highway 170. And he said, he just had this kind of cold chill moment when this question popped into my, into his head. And he said, what would happen to me if something happened to my business? And TJ at that point was responsible for 85% of the revenue for his company. And it was a multi-million dollar company at that point. 85% of the revenue ran through his sales fingers. Wow. And, um, and his wife was working, but wanted to stay home. Now other people, their wives want to work and, or their husbands want to work or whatever. And it's awesome. But they had a goal for Rachel to be able to stay home. And so we had the privilege of starting work with TJ. Uh, and this was about three or four years ago. And uh, they've, got, uh, they've got about 12 employees. They're going to be roughly three to four million in annual revenue. Uh, we really work well in that uh, one to five range, one mm -hmm. to five million in annual revenue. Yep. And then in the under one. So we've got a whole nother kind of ecosystem for the businesses that are under one million. There's a, there's a real gap there. And so we filled that in a powerful way. But with TJ, these are usually business owners that are constantly throwing Hail Marys. They're trying the next big thing, you know, down the field. They're putting out the next fire that comes in. They're responding to the latest, loudest voice. They're frustrated. They spend all their time working in the business, thinking in the business and doing all of that stuff. And they never act like an owner. They just kind right. of created a job that they hate. And it's a like boss the E-Myth revisited. Yeah. yeah, yeah, it's classic, classic yeah. E-Myth. And if you've not read that, uh, you got to read that. That's foundational. It's a great awareness book. And so basically, you take a guy like TJ, you walk him through our system. He puts in a lot of hard work. This is not three-minute apps. This is P90X for business. Like, you got to sweat and grind. And he put in the work. 
And as of this year, so we're four years in, I think, as of this year, they've had a record year. We're at the time of this recording, we're about five months into the year. They've had a record year and TJ has sold zero this year, five months in. Wow. And so uh, Rachel now stays home with the kids for this season of their life. Mm -hmm. And uh, they've got a business that is an asset and they don't have plans to sell it, yep. but it's an asset and it's a right. business TJ spends all of his time working on instead of all of his time just being sucked into it. And he can go on a Friday afternoon and go get on in the boat with his wife and, and go on the intercoastal and he did good Tuesday of <laughs> uh, this past week. And that's a true story. They have been saving up for a couple of years now uh, because of the model that we've got them under. So we even talk about those things and they've been saving up, saving up, saving up, saving up so that in the middle of a pandemic, they can go get the boat that they've been eyeing for two years now because they had the cash built up to go do it because they built the kind of business that they do. They're not type of luxury and doing all that. They're not being stupid with their money. Right. Um, They've been very, very intentional with what they're doing. Speaking of, it's a great segue. I'm, I'm curious to uh, kind of get your thoughts on how the, uh, the, the COVID-19, the coronavirus pandemic has, how is it, you've seen it affect your business uh, internally and, and how are you kind of leading your, your team through this, this difficult period for everybody? Yeah. Yeah. Kevin, um, by God's grace for us, we were prepared very, very well because we follow our own medicine and how we've built our business. Um, we're lean on overhead. We're lean on all of those things. Um, and uh, it put us in a position to be able to really be in a support and, a, and an encourager to all of the businesses that we serve, but also to a lot of the businesses that we don't serve. So we ended up starting a business owner huddle call. That mm. Week one, we did four straight days. Week two, we did two days a week for the next couple of weeks. And then we did once a week for a while. Every week we had a banker, a CPA, a lawyer, and a federal government affairs official on the call answering everybody's questions about all of these things. So as crazy as it sounds, our business will grow out of this. Um, we actually hired in the middle of it. Yeah, uh, you did in the last, last two months, that's for sure. Yeah. Yeah. And, and so uh, now we're not in food and beverage. We're not in event space. We're not an airline. And there's no way we could have done that if we were in any one of yeah. those industries. So we were very, very beneficial on in industry, but at the same time, because we helped so many different industries, uh, we were able to kind of look around and go, all right. So our big theme the last two months, we said this the very first day uh, that the, uh, that we all got together, the schools had announced that they were out. We called a meeting. Actually, one of our clients called me and said, you need to call a meeting with all of us. And, uh, we did on that Monday, socially distanced, invited, invited our mayor in, got everybody lunch. Everybody sat six feet away and we started walk through. And my message was very simply, I, we don't know how long this is going to last, but please work on the dock while the tide is out work on the dock while the tide is out because we live in the low country of South Carolina and uh, you and I were talking offline. We'll have anywhere from an eight foot to a 10 foot tidal swing about every six hours, 12 minutes and 30 seconds. And it's an amazing God based system. It's just extraordinary to watch. Well, right now, economically and in many other ways, the tide is out. Well, yep. the beauty of the tide being out, it stinks because there's no water. But there's so much that you can see and do and start to work under your dock that you can't when the tide's in. Right. And so our big message to our team 
and to all of the businesses that we serve has been work on the dock while the tide is out. I have uh, I've interviewed quite a few business owners, coaches, consultants uh, in this space during this time. And I think that is the most salient word of wisdom or encouragement that I've actually heard in this entire time. I, I love that, that mm. quote. I, I may have to put that on my wall somewhere, you know, work on the dog while the tide is out. <laughs> so that is, that's awesome. Well, I'll, I'll do one better. We had, uh, we've got a client that's an architect and uh, he actually drew, hand drew a, uh, a, a somebody working on the dock while the tide is out. And so <laughs> I'll send you a copy of that. Uh, Would love that to see core. It. It's actually one of our core values now. So we have not changed our core values in five years, but because of this situation, we ended up changing a couple of our core values. And now one of our five core values is work on the dock while the tide is out. And I'll pull this up here yeah. since we're on a Zoom, you can see it. But uh, that's the handwritten sketch that Pierce did uh, from it. Pierce Scott Architects. That's the that visual is, that's of what great. we've been encouraging people to do over the last two months. That is great. Scott, I could uh, sit here and just chat with you all day long, but uh, I, do, I do want to, I don't want to get between you and your, uh, your boat trip here in just a few minutes, but is there <laughs> anything that we haven't touched on that you just kind of want to close this out with and then tell people where they can find you online? Oh yeah, absolutely. Now, the one thing we encourage people to do um, well, this is another core value of ours is write it down, write it down. And wherever you're at in your business right now, uh, whether you're a startup, you've been going for three years and your cash flow positive, or that you feel like you're about to go out of business, you're 20 years in and you're about to sell or wherever you're at, um, you've got to have an articulate vision story. We'll go back to our mutual buddy, Mike Barnett. He's the one who taught me this back in 2001. You've got to have an articulate vision story. This is not a statement. This is not a one sentence, a paragraph. You know, we want to be the world's best, whatever. This is a two to three to four page document clearly describing out these are the things that we want to do and these are the things that we want to be. But you've got to have it written down. There's a great statement from a, uh, a, a, a Jewish guy who was walking in the Middle East and he heard this statement from God and God told him, write the vision down so that those who read it may run. And so we want to encourage you, if you, if you go to mybusinessonpurpose.com forward slash vision, mybusinessonpurpose.com forward slash vision, uh, we've got a vision tutorial there. It's uh, about 20 minutes long, and it walks you step by step through how you can write your vision down uh, so that those who read it may run. And the value is, once you've got it written down, it doesn't mean they're going to run towards you. They could run away from you and go, I've got no interest in that vision. But you've made it so clear that you've kind of drawn a line in the sand to go, this is where we're going. This is where the head, we're headed to the best of our knowledge. So yeah, mybusinessonpurpose.com forward slash vision is totally free. And uh, we love giving that away to see people articulate their vision. Well, Scott, I am, I'm really grateful you just taking the time today and in such a, a time such as this, as you know, they talk about Queen Esther, you know, just, you were, you were there for a time such as this and, and uh, in, yeah. in the midst of kind of this global pandemic and when, when things are, are you know so challenging and and so difficult even financially for people and, and even emotionally i mean people are going through a lot of stuff right now and just just to hear you your enthusiasm and and your encouragement you know just over the airwaves today has just been uh just really great to experience and, and i'm really grateful that we had this time today and just thank you for playing your part in helping all boats rise in a rising tide scott thanks again uh, i love it kevin it's hard work to put on a podcast We've got one ourselves. And so I appreciate 
anybody who's willing to put in the work for this. So I'm not, uh, it's not lost on me that you've shared this platform with us. So thank you for allowing us to, to be on here and for putting this together for us. Another episode in the books. We hope you had some great takeaways. Don't forget to subscribe and leave a five-star review on iTunes and YouTube. As always, thanks for listening to Rising Tide.